Hi, this is David Mattin and you're listening to New World Same Humans number 55, published on the 28th of February 2021. You can find the links included in this instalment and a link to the text version on the New World Same Humans article page where this podcast is embedded. So, let's go. This week, Facebook announced that they'll restore news content to Australian users. The tech giant has promised to sign payment deals with media providers. In return, the Australian government has backed down on plans to force the platform to pay every time a user links to news content. It's an uneasy truce in a dispute that's raised deep questions about the future of the internet and the survival of independent journalism in a connected world. So this week, reflections on all that, all centred around three questions. What happened to the dream of the open web? How do we build a better internet? And what will it take to save the news industry? What happened to the internet we were promised? 30 years on, it's time to accept that the sacred principles of the open web led us to the state we're in today. We need fresh thinking. Remembering the dream. Next month, it will be 31 years since Tim Berners-Lee sent a memo entitled Information Management, a proposal to his boss at the Physics Research Laboratory at CERN. That document outlined a vision for what Berners-Lee then called the MESH, an information system that would allow users to identify pages of text with unique URLs and connect pages using hyperlinks. Berners-Lee imagined a new republic of letters in which academics would be able to exchange ideas as never before. In the hands of a rising generation of Californian technologists, that vision turned into a dream of radical, universal empowerment. This was the internet of individual creators, blogs and email, a space outside existing structures of power in which we would all be free to forge new ways of seeing and new modes of life. Reality Bites That dream was a vision of the open web. In 2021, we still judge our internet by its standards, but today the topography of the web is nothing as Berners-Lee imagined. Instead of a boundless array of individual creators, a handful of advertising-funded mega-platforms dominate our experience of the internet. Worldwide, around 90% of internet searches take place on Google properties. Here in the UK, Facebook accounts for around 50% of display advertising revenue. We've grown used to them, but these numbers are astounding. The mega-platforms don't prioritise noble ideas about free exchange of information. Rather, they build walled gardens intended to capture, retain and monetize as much attention as possible. Cue a host of consequences that Berners-Lee and the original web pioneers never foresaw, including the rise of targeted disinformation, Facebook groups and the destruction of old media business models. Two truths. Facebook and Google have become an advertising duopoly that dominates the internet and is sucking the life out of traditional media. 
the Australian legislation was a first draft attempt at dealing with that problem. A range of observers, including Berners-Lee himself, criticised the legislation because it breaks a traditional principle of the open web, frictionless linking between pages. Facebook's attack on the new law leaned heavily on that argument too. Against that criticism, two truths. First, the open web died years ago. Second, and crucially, this means the principles that defined the open web were self-defeating. They led us to where we are now. In short, those who seek a reformed internet are going to have to tolerate interventions that break traditional open web purity tests established in the mid-90s. There's a broader lesson here. Freedom is rarely, if ever, a natural state of affairs. It's something we make. Open societies, open markets and the open web, despite what some will tell you, they're only made possible by the constant intervention of the collective. So where next? We need to rethink the status of news content and the nature of links. We need to refund the news via proper tax on the big platforms. And above all, we need a decentralised web. Rethinking content and links. What traditional principles of the open web do we need to revise? The Australian solution isn't ideal, but it does point towards two useful principles. The open web, as Berners-Lee imagined it, was content agnostic. All information is treated the same. In 2021, we need to treat news as a privileged type of content. Why? Because the health of our democracies depends on a robust news industry in a way that it simply doesn't depend on, say, the music business. Berners-Lee's vision of the open web was founded, above all, on hyperlinks. We need new rules to define what constitutes a link, and particularly a link to news. The dispute between newspapers and Facebook is fuelled by the simple fact that a Facebook news link often displays much of the story itself, meaning users can consume the content without leaving Facebook. That's crushing the open web, and we can change it. Refund the news. The reality is that the news industry, as we know it today, may not be able to coexist with the internet in any form. So what to do? The best answer here is probably the simplest. Taxation. Facebook and Google are, above all, vast advertising businesses. Here in the UK, Facebook paid £28.5 million in corporation tax last year. We need a new global framework that will see Facebook and Google pay more tax and distribute those payments more fairly across the markets in which they operate. This framework should also force governments to plough some of that new tax revenue into support for the news industry. This isn't a move to be taken lightly. Public funding for news comes with its own set of problems because we want our news media to be editorially independent of any government. But we should choose those problems over the problems we'll face if we let the state of news and investigative journalism deteriorate further. Dreaming all over again. In the end... Attempts to fix the internet via regulation will prove slow, awkward 
and at best only partially effective. A lasting solution will only come via a new kind of internet, and there is one in view. The next version of the web, sometimes called Web3, can be built on decentralized networks such as the blockchain, which will allow users to share data and transfer value directly between one another. The recent explosion in digital art associated with non-fungible tokens or NFTs is just one glimpse of the power of decentralization to rewire the web. In a decentralized web, no single party controls data or limits users' access to one another. That spells the end of the big platforms as we know them. We're a long way from Web3 decentralized apps or dApps that replace Google, Facebook or Uber. But it's a new dream worth dreaming. And as it happens, a familiar face is working to make this dream a reality. Get the memo. Thanks for listening this week. I remember feeling a tectonic shift online when Web 2.0 emerged in the early 2000s. And now I'm increasingly persuaded that we will see an even more significant change via the technologies of decentralization. But how soon? Of course, New World Same Humans is already built on one of the great decentralized technologies of Web 1.0, and that's email. This week, I'd love it if you used the power of your email network to help fuel our amazing community. Remember, our community becomes smarter, more creative and more useful as it becomes larger and more diverse. So to help, why not take a second to forward the email to one person, a friend, a relative or colleague who'd also enjoy it. Or you could share New World Same Humans across one of your social networks and let other people know why you think it's worth their time. All you have to do is navigate back to the article page where this podcast is embedded and hit the share button. Your membership of this community means a lot. I'll be back on Wednesday with news and analysis and new week, same humans. Until then, be well.